Hello, everybody. I'm LHG, and welcome to Critical Conversations. On or around July 21st, 2015, I got the call that every daughter would never want to get, but I knew one day it would come. Mr. Grant King couldn't breathe anymore. And so, as I'm in the office, in the atrium, I feel my knees giving way. And I knew in that moment that he was gone. But I had to be strong for my mother. Mr. King was my stepfather, but there was nothing step or half-stepping about him. Happy Father's Day, Grant King. And when I walked into the house, I looked at his lifeless body and I said, thank you. Thank you for loving me as your own. And I hope he heard me. Welcome to Critical Conversations. Hello, everybody. This is LHG. I am just coming to let you know that I am an independent paparazzi jewelry consultant. You didn't know that, did you? Well, now you know. So I would love to be your personal jewelry lady. Paparazzi is an amazing company. We sell nickel and lead free jewelry. We are known for our $5 bling, but you just need to know there is an exclusive Z collection that's $25. It's the bling of all bling. When you're really going out on the town and you want to show up absolutely fabulous. So we have items for women, for men, and for young fashionistas out there. We don't discriminate. If you need it, I'm sure we got it. You have the opportunity to follow my page on Facebook called Polished on Purpose, a VIP group. Follow my personal page, because honey here is good. And I have my own website that is at your disposal 24-7. So many ways to shop. So let me be the one that makes sure you are accessorized the way you should be. Because I want you to be published on purpose. My mentor always tells me, when you show up, people are checking you out. They're watching you. So why not be polished, be poised, be purposeful? Glam it up with pop, honey. I got what you need. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Simone. Hey, girl. And I really appreciate you all for giving me a part of your Saturdays to talk about some things that are important, uh, not just to me, but I think they're important to a lot of people. Um, for those of you who have been rocking with me since the beginning, Thank you, because we really have been talking about a wide variety of topics that directly um, identify the parts of wellness and areas of wellness, dimensions of wellness that I feel we should have conversations about. And I'm all about being whole, W-H-O-L-E, being whole. So this conversation is going to be um, a little bit personal for me, um, but we're going to get through it. 
Simone, hold me down in those comments. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get through this. Um, I opened this the show with a brief um introduction about how my stepfather, um, Minister Grant King, uh passed away in 2015. And I bring that up because tomorrow is Father's Day, and this is a bittersweet time. Uh, there are people who are celebrating fathers who are here. I happen to have a biological father, uh, John Jerome Harris, that is very much alive, and I give God uh, the glory and praise for that. Um, but in 2015, in July, around the 21st, I lost a very important person in my life. And one thing about fathers, man, I don't believe in stepfathers per se, even though there are uh, people who are not blood fathers that marry you know, a child's mother and become a stepfather. I just believe like in any other relationship, you should give it your all. So although you are technically a stepfather, um, eventually, I um, hope that you would, you know, go come into the fatherhood fully and embrace that child and that child embrace you. Blending families, baby. And with my water at, whew. Blending families ain't easy. And we're talking about creating safe spaces to have deep conversations and meaningful conversations. The whole blended family dynamic in its totality is a deep conversation because you are literally merging families together. Like an already, a already started program, you know, because for me, Gabby and I was rocking just us for years. She's 20 and I got married five years ago. So she was 15 when I got married. I've been with my husband seven years. So she really was 13 when she got introduced to my husband. Uh, my husband is of now. So when a, when a man marries a woman and asks a woman to marry him and she has children, uh, he is really taking on the responsibility, whether that father is alive or not, because of his marriage to that mother. There is an assumed responsibility with that man for those children. Now, I will hope that if the father or fathers are alive and are a part of those children's lives, he and stepfather can have a cohesive discussion because there might be joint custody going on. But when that child is in the custody of the stepdad and the mom, that's the, that's the parents. When that child is going on home to dad and stepmom, those are the parents. So I will hope that as families, we are creating a united front for the sake of the children. One of the deep conversations that people need to have before marriage is how do we think our families will blend? Thank you, Simone. I love you. How do you think the dynamic will be? And have you spent time prior to marriage? My stepdad, and I hate calling him, I'll call him Papa. My Papa, uh, when he was dating my mother, they were very much advocates of going out and creating a family vibe, so to speak. We went to see Sesame Street Live. We went to see the Ice Capades. And I'm dating myself. I am dating myself. 
We went to movies, went to drive-ins. So my my mom and potential stepdad wanted to create an environment that felt like family to see how we got along. Now, granted, my my papa, my mom's uh, husband, stepdad, had four, maybe about four other children before my sister was born, he had four other children. So there was always this, this thing about, okay, where are your other kids? But unfortunately, you guys, as women, when we break up with the man, divorce with the man, that dynamic between us and their father gets really strange. My parents got divorced at a, I was probably about three. And depending on the circumstances beyond, beyond, behind the divorce, if it was a tumultuous I hate you. I should never marry you. Depending on the, the circumstances, yes, I'm on a family-friendly environment. Depending on how good or bad that breakup was, there's always this, this tension for the child. Like a mother really should not spit venom about the child's father to the child. I don't really care what, unless that man has physically harmed that baby. Don't don't tell that baby how how wrong your your ex is or he was a cheater or he was a deadbeat. I just don't think that's information that you should feed a child. Now, when that child grows up and they get to know their father, if that is indeed who he is, they'll find out. They'll find out. It's not your job, mom, or or flip it around. It could be a father trying to spit venom to the child about their mom you all need to deal with your differences as adults please don't put kids in the middle of a dispute between you and an ex and that child wants to see their parent and you're so hung up over the breakup that you will not even let that child see their parent that's not right unless that parent is a danger to that child and if so you should be calling the authorities but just for breaking up with you, maybe it was a cheating situation. Maybe it was you just fell out of love. Whatever the divorce or breakup was about doesn't matter. Please don't drag children into that vortex of arguing and, and just tor turmoil and torment because it does get down deep into that child's psyche. And hello, Lisa loves Jehovah Thompson. Thank you for joining me tonight. I think we have to make sure we keep the main thing, the main thing. And if you're going to co-parent, it should be 100% about that child, about their stability, about their, their mental health, about their education, about making sure they're okay. So don't bring the baby or babies into the breakup stuff. And, and, and this it was a Facebook post out there. And it was cute and we all laughed where the little girl was like, mama, do I get my child support check today? Mama, my money come today? I'm like, and it's cute, but how much is that child being told that they probably shouldn't know? Some things your child just don't need to know. We got to stop treating these kids like our besties and just, just throwing out all of our life story to them. Some stuff, yeah, but they are kids. Now, when they get grown, they ask questions and you want to tell them, fine. But, but I'm saying when there is a divorce between two parents, the child sometimes, depending on their age, may feel as though they got to pick a side. 
So that means both parents has to make their home the most comfortable, loving environment. Simone says, and please don't separate yourself from the children just because of problems you had in the relationship. I'm going to stay right there. So fathers, and I'm going to come back to mothers. Fathers, since you have divorced or broken up with the, the woman, you should still have a desire to see be around, love, and take care of your child just as if you had never left that house. The only difference is your address and you're no longer married or in a relationship with their mom. Your love for that child should stay intact. They shouldn't feel like, man, daddy don't call me. Daddy don't come get me. So, I mean, come on now. Very good point, Simone. We're going to get to the topic. We're getting there. Because we got to go, we got to go backwards first. When these children are conceived, let's go to the very beginning, shall we? When these two people decide to lay down with each other, okay? And let's go the route of them being not married, okay? And for whatever reason you find yourself together, you want to have a good time, maybe think you in love. I don't know. It's, it could be anything. But you found yourself in an intimate moment. Unprotected sex happened. Stop. Pause. I just posted this. When you find yourself in that place, unmarried men and women together, you are saying, and if you do not use protection, you are saying, I know I can walk out of this with a child and or an STD. You're saying that. You're saying the person who I'm laying down with, I'm comfortable in knowing they can end up being my child's father or mother. We don't see it like that. We see sex sometimes as a moment of self-gratification. I'm coming in here to get what I need. I'm going to get out of here. If I like her, I'll call her back. If I don't like her, I won't. If I like him, I'll text him again. But in the midst of this situation of intimacy with no protection, a child can and has, in many cases, come out of that. One moment of pleasure could have been a one night stand. I'm telling you, it's a it's a country song out there called, and I don't even know his last name. Come on, Lisa loves Jehovah Thompson. It's a choice, not a trap. You went into this knowing, you should, okay? You should go into this knowing that unprotected sex can lead to a child and or a sexually transmitted disease. Simone says, no contact whatsoever unless I'm around that side of the family. Wow, my goodness. So say these two people have gotten together and she calls him and she says, I'm pregnant. Now, in a lot of cases, depending on who the woman is and how the man is thinking, he may or may not know whose child that is, especially if they're kind of new to each other and he don't trust her like that. So now we all into this. It ain't mine. Let's do a test. And all this stuff comes out and you finally find out that it's yours. Now you're left to co-parent. Now, even though you don't like him or he doesn't like you anymore, that child is here. And father, mother, you two have to co-parent that child in a loving and help, healthy way. They should not be privy to the ins and outs of your breakup at three years old. Uh, Daddy, mama said you ain't no good. 
Mama said that she you remind her of a dog, but you don't bark, Daddy. What she mean by that? We gotta stop feeding our kids with way too much information. They are not small miniature best friends for you to use as, as therapists. Watch what you tell these kids. Simone says in a lot of cases, the, the father don't even want the mother to have the baby. That has been a point as well. The father might say, well, I don't want a baby right now. And so then what do you do? So you got one who want to have it and one who don't. And ultimately, it, it's the mama's choice. So that's a whole different talk show. Lisa says that is so true. Push that pride aside and grow up. Stop being selfish. It is a selfish act. When you keep spitting venom to that baby about their other parent because you want them to hate them like you do. Why? You two didn't work as a couple. But that don't mean he, he don't want me as his child. As his child. I'm talking about, I didn't get personal now. I got tired of hearing the bad things about my father. And I knew as I got older, y'all, some of them were true. But at 10, 11, 14, 15, I didn't really want to hear that. Because no matter what my mama said to me about him, I still loved him. And I still felt like I was daddy's girl. Did he do the right thing by me all the time? No. But guess what? Neither did my mama. Let me drink this water because y'all been going to have me cutting up tonight. So be careful, mamas. When you go spitting venom about these daddies, be careful. Because at some point, that same venom going to find you, mamas. Some of y'all mamas out here putting y'all lights and gas in the baby's name. Where they do that at? So what makes you so much better than him? Huh? Some of y'all mamas bringing in and everybody in the house and your little boyfriends is messing with the kids. But you want to talk about their daddy. Don't, don't start me today. I don't even know how I got on this. Come on. We got to do better. We got to do better, parents. We got to, we got to, we got to, for one, understand sex. And understand what happens when you have sex unprotected. And understand that I don't care how much a person says I love you and you would allow me to enter your body with no protection if you love me. Stop right there. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Come on. Ain't neither one of y'all fit to be no parent. Ain't neither one of y'all in no good space Mentally, physically, to be no parent, but because your loins is on fire, huh? Your drawers is on fire. You want to come together, but your coming together can produce a kid, okay, or two. We gotta, we gotta go back to the foundational principles of loving our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me put a pause here. Pause. Pause. I was not a virgin when I got married. I got married five years ago, but my daughter is 20. Do the math. Do the math. Okay? So I'm not saying I was perfect at this. No, I'm not. I'm saying in hindsight, I'm qualified to give you a little bit of advice based on where I took detours. Okay? 
because as an overweight young lady that did not think I was beautiful, that did not think I was worthy of real love, anybody who came past my way that seemed to have a decent head on <laughs> or six that had a decent head on their shoulders and was talking a good game to me because I was looking for love in the wrong places. Because in all honesty, I never heard my dad say, you're beautiful as a young child because he wasn't in my house. And that goes to show men, because you're not in the house with your kids, when you go pick them up and you call them, you should be having these conversations with your daughters and sons about life and love and sex and working and all the adult things that adults should know how to do. Train up your child at your, when, when they go to your house. Don't leave it to mama and you just come pick them up and take them to McDonald's or drop them off at their grandmama's house. Don't do that, fathers. And happy Father's Day. Yeah, we're going to talk real talk today. You are still that child's father. And that child needs quality time with you to get to know you, to get to understand you, for you to get to know them, to create a bond. Come on. Come on here. You want to hear happy Father's Day, but what are you investing in your children? And I'm not just talking about cash, even though that's nice. But I'm saying a child really needs more than just money to get clothes or to get gangs. Or to, they need you. They need you. A relationship, Simone. It's called a relationship. How can they relate to you? If every time you go pick your baby up from baby mama house or from whatever the spot is, you drop them to somebody else. Come on here. And I was thinking about this. This is going to sound really crazy, Simone. Walk me through this. I went to a funeral. And you know how you read the obituary and it says all the good information about the deceased person, where they were born, what school they went to, their hobbies, who they married, who they divorced, how many kids they had. The obituary is a, a snapshot of that person's entire life from birth to death. But the average person, I wonder, when their parent or someone they love dies, how much of that do you know? Or do you have to go asking people? How much do you know about your parent? Depending on the relationship, you may not be able to say, well, what high school? When did daddy graduate? When did mama do this? The way you build that up is having a relationship. When, you're, when your family member, a parent, God forbid if God calls them home, we know y'all got to go. And you have to write an obituary, children. I will hope you can, you can sit down and write all that from, from what you know about your parents and not have to go searching for it. Simone, it just hit me like, dang, do we know have we sat down with our family members and just talked about what high school you went to, what college, what you majored in, you know, what was your life like in the 50s or 60s? I mean, do we talk anymore? Here's the subject. Where is the dining room table? Is anybody sitting at the table anymore talking about this stuff? When I was very young, I would say in my early teenage years, we had a table in the dining room. We ate at the table. Not all the time, but at least we had times when we ate together. 
How was your day at school? Anything good happened? How was work? This happened? Because that was our time of, of relating. But now that we have so much other distractions, so many other distractions, right? They don't want to talk about it. You're right, Simone. We have so many other distractions, smartphones and social media, the art of a dining room table conversation is probably extinct. People would go crazy if you sat them at a table and took their phones away. My godfather, Dwayne Bowens, when we go over there to eat, he says, give me your phone because this is family time. And I'm sneaking on the phone, sneaking. Me, because it, and even though I was doing my jury, it's addictive. We are so used to being on our phones for everything, for the news, the weather, what's going on on social media, pop culture. We don't pick up the phone and call nobody. We text everything. And, and the text got abbreviations, SMH, LOL. I mean, communication is down to almost nothing. Effective communication is down to almost nothing, in my opinion. Okay? So these dining room table discussions, have got to be reinstated because we want to create a safe space for conversations that we need to have that will help our family blend, that will help us get to know each other, that will help us stay safe, that will help children be confident in who they are because you're telling them where they come from and not leaving it to the school system. Yep, I said it. You're giving your kids a sense of identity in Christ, Bible study, prayer. Because trust me, if you are not having discussions with your kids, somebody else is. And it could be somebody you don't want to talk to your kids. It can be somebody in the streets, someone that doesn't mean your children any good. Trust me, I wanted way more conversation at home when I was little. However, Let's play the other side of, I don't want to say devil's advocate, but let's turn the tables. When you have, thank you, Simone, a parent or parents that work a nine to five, a seven to seven, and they're so engrossed in work and trying to provide for those children. And when they get home, they're so physically and mentally drained, they don't want to talk. What about that? Well, parents, we got to find a way. We got to find a way to balance taking care of our kids with working and taking care of our kids with talking. We gotta be able to do both because child rearing or child raising includes the nurture, the birds and the bees talk, the talk about hygiene that we've been having on Girl Chat Weekly, okay? Child raising includes quality time. You can't say I raised my child if that child was always with their grandparent. You can say you birthed them. Okay, I won't take that from your mama. Dad, you can say you, you gave some sperm. Okay, but in terms of raising that child, so many people in the African-American community, I can't even speak for the other cultures, were raised by grandparents either partially or fully. Because the parent either had drug addictions, alcohol addictions, don't want to be bothered, kept having kids, dropping like it's hot. And every time a child pop out, boop, they go to the grandmother. So now granny 
who has already raised her children as getting older in age, which comes some ailments, is raising little babies at 50 and 60 years old. Okay? And that's how these families are coming together. Granny and her grandkids. I've seen it. I've seen it. And I'm not saying it's wrong per se, but there's something that's off with this. Where are you, mama? Where are you, dad? How did you come together long enough to create this baby, but you didn't stick around long enough to raise this baby? Where was the disconnect? What went wrong? Where did you get off the bus? We got to back the bus up and, and get you back on this bus because our children are now being raised by the grandparents who trying their best. They have fixed incomes. Yes, honey, we've been having them hygiene talks, Simone. But yes, you are, you are right. Not just granny, but aunties and uncles are helping to raise these kids too. And we get ready to have a whole series about letting the auntie speak and they're going to speak on it. Okay. But it seems as though in our community, at some point, the parents decided, I like making kids. I like the intimate part. I like having sex. I'll even carry the child to term. But I'm going to hand it right over to my mama or his mama. And what do you think is going to happen to that child as they become of age and realize this is grandma, not ma? Then the question is, okay, well, if you're not my mom, who is? And then you got to go to the to the to black bottom or whatever and say, that's your mom right there with that crack pipe in her hand. And then you wonder why young people respond to certain authority or respond to things how they do because they're troubled in their mind. We're going to get back to this point. Creating a safe space for deep conversation. This can go a few different ways. Relationships like marriages, it can go that way. Friendships, family. But going back to the blended family conversation, there has to be a spot in the home or somewhere, blended families, where you are willing to sit down and have a discussion. Okay. There has to be a time where you're going to say, okay, family, before this wedding happens, before we walk down the aisle together. We need to talk. I want you all to be around each other. This is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. I want to be going to go on a trip. We're going to go to church. Whatever you got to do, you got to create an open spot for your families to be around each other before you get married to see what that dynamic is going to be. Because think about it. You're coming into an already existing program. Simone says, parents, they still want to party and have fun, even having a football team of kids. Simone, you 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 ain't playing today. You came in guns blazing. And that's true. And I think the unfortunate part is many have these kids for the money, for the welfare checks. Many have these children because they think in every different relationship, a kid got to come out of it. Just because you leave one man and go to a different man doesn't mean you should keep on having unprotected sex. So now you have a child in each relationship. And I'm not condemning, trust me, but there has to be something that's going on with you that we need to address. What's going on? 
seven kids, seven dads. That means you've had seven different relationships. And in each one, you've had not only sex, but a kid came out of it. So you're having sex unprotected. And I know for a fact, those intimate, passionate moments, when you just, oh, oh, you're just feeling everybody. Oh, just, just, oh. And you just end up in the bed. I get it. But at some point, you're going to have to say, hold up. Hold up, boo. Number one, we ain't supposed to be in the bed. But if we're going to be in here, at least cover that thing up. Okay? Because I'm telling you, you may not you may not realize it or you should, though. If you know that you can have kids, you can have kids. Come on now. We got to stop playing games. And they, they have the kids because they believe that the guy will stay. Oh, Simone. Let's talk about that. Let me sip on my water. So if you are a young lady and you think that because you popped that baby out, that man will stay with you. You've been bamboozled. Led astray. Run amok. Lied to. There is no guarantee that because you popped that child out, that it ain't five more y'all popping kids out at the same time by the same man. So please don't think you should have a child to keep a man. That is the furthest from the truth. That man to be going across America and abroad and you still here with that baby with a constant reminder. So you need to love yourself enough to say, if you want this, if you're going to go down that road, then you got to put something on it. Or leave it alone totally, really, if you're going to go the biblical way. Now, I'm telling you, I can't judge. I was not a virgin when I got married. I can't judge you. But if you find yourself in that spot and your loins is that on fire, they fiery, fiery loins, at least prepare yourself to, to be protected some type of way. It's too many children running around. They don't know who their fathers are. And the moms are still popping them like Jiffy Popcorn. But there are fathers involved. But then when they find out about the children, they're like, I, I, didn't, I don't know. I ain't trying to be no dad. What you going to do? So that means our relationships and our intimate moments are happening so haphazardly that we're not thinking straight. We're not rationalizing things. We're in it for the moment of pleasure or for the thought that this man is going to stay with me and marry me if I have his child. And that hardly ever really happens. I can't say it won't happen, but if he don't want you, he don't want you. So we got to date the right way for one. In a blended family situation, you need to have meetings or sometimes when you have heart to heart with each other about what's on each other's mind. Simone says, especially if the man is abusive, they believe that that man will ease up on the abuse because of the children. So far from the truth, Simone. And you shouldn't want your children around an abusive anybody. You should want to flee to protect your children and yourself. Well, that, that can be true, Simone. If the kids are around, he won't hit me. Don't, don't take it like that. Get away from that. Get away because your children are watching this violence, hearing this violence, and absorbing this violence. Keep them away from that and keep yourself away. And it, it goes back to self-love. Man, we've been talking about self-love. The decisions you make and who you date 
are directly related to how much you love or don't love yourself. Who you settle for is a direct correlation to how much you love or do not love yourself. And let me say this, going back to the times when people got pregnant, women, and your parents make you marry that man, they was wrong in a mug for that. Let me take them. Let me, let me drink some water. Hold on. Y'all had a, a moment of passion at 17, 18 years old. But because y'all in the church, um, she pregnant. Y'all got to get married. He ain't got no job. She ain't even finished high school. But you are thrusting these two people into a, a, a union, a marriage that they don't know nothing about. Because, because you want them to do the right thing. That's what we saw in the church in the early years. If you, you're pregnant out of wedlock, you got to get married. That's the noble thing to do. Now, I'm not saying that can't work. But in a lot of cases, it didn't work. Because they were kids. Just because they were able to have sex and produce a kid doesn't make them marriage worthy at 17, 18 years old. It just, it doesn't work like that. So now they're in this marriage. They don't know nothing about marriage. They barely, they, they're not even fully adults yet. Now this young man is a whole head of household and and he's still watching cartoons and, and eating Captain Crunch. Where they do that at? So some of this stuff, y'all, okay, wedlock means marriage. If you get pregnant before you get married, that means you got married... You got pregnant out of wedlock. Wedlock is just marriage. Good question, Simone. It's just a, a, a kind of a slang word for marriage. So we are forcing these two young people to go in front of the church. And she says, I got pregnant. I'm sorry, church. And he says, I'm sorry, church, for sinning. They got to go get married. They don't know nothing about nothing. But because we feel that's the admiral, the admiral, the right thing to do, the optimal thing to do, we thrust children into marriage, which could lead to divorce because neither one of them know anything about it. Why not just help them to parent the child and let them get a little bit older while they're co-parenting? And if they fall in love and want to get married, get married then. But but our parents and grandparents and church mothers thought we were doing the right thing. I, I'm not I'm not trying to throw shade on nobody, but I think some of the things that we're dealing with right now come from some of the crazy solutions we came up with way back then. And even and even a person who's not a child, if you are in your 20s, 27, and you get pregnant, I was 27 when I got pregnant. I was not in love with my daughter's father. It was something that happened. All I wanted him to do was co-parent. He wanted to get married because he said he didn't want to be, you know, out of order and have a child out of wedlock. But guess what? When you conceive a child and you're not married, you've, you've already done that. If you going down the aisle with a pregnant fiance, uh, we kind of know what this is about. So I'm like, no, I'm not marrying you for what? I just need you to help me raise our child. And I've never and I will never say anything negative to my child about her dad uh, but she knows the truth but I was not that mother as she grew up your daddy ain't no good 
He a sap sucker. He a fish apple. I was not that mom and I'll never be that mom. Because guess what? I laid down with that sucker. What that make me? Hello? So sisters, while we out here dogging these baby daddies, what does that make you because you laid down with that baby daddy? Run, tell that. Why you want to be all funny, funny style and, and talking bad about him. What does that say about you when you got with Rerun knowing that he already had 18 children and you figured you was going to be lucky number 19? We're talking real today. So what do we have to do to create a safe space for deeper conversations that matter in life, in love, in relationships? I'll have an article, of course. I, you know, I always come with my with my information. This article is by bestself.com. It's called How to Create a Safe Space for Deep Conversation. So listen to this quote. Behind every great relationship are difficult and uncomfortable questions we rarely get to see. Great relationships don't just fall into our laps. They require people to move through their fears and insecurities and do the hard work to move into healing. And that was a quote by Vienna Theron, bestself.com. So whatever kind of relationship that you're in, there's going to be tough topics that you need to address, whether it's a marriage, a mother and child, a father and child, parents and children. Simone says, like the saying goes, you made your bed, now you have to lay in it. Yep, you're right, Simone. So the article is saying every time you're in a relationship, you have to realize that there's going to be some uncomfortable topics that you need to discuss to become better in the relationship. For example, with the blended families, maybe before you get married, go to the movies or have a, a, a see the point outing and get to know each other. The mom may already have kids. Dad may already have kids. Bring the kids together after you you decided you're going to make this permanent, I'll say it again. Bring the families together perhaps after you've decided it's going to be long-term or permanent because I, I, I shy away from people who bring their families together and y'all just start dating and you don't even know if it's going to last. And these kids asking that man, is you my daddy? No. I mean, come on. Come on here. Simone, oh, we already saw that. So, um, I think you should wait to at least you have a idea that there's going to be a marriage situation and just have a quick little outing, not quick, but just have an outing and talk about what do you like? What do you like? But if you just spring marriage on a child or on a family and they go for a weekend and come back and you're married to somebody they don't know, you're going to have a problem. Blended families, you got to ease in that thing. You got to ease in it because it can be a little bit difficult depending on all the players involved. There can be some issues where if the if the mom was married and lost the husband by death and those children are not ready for another dad in their home, that can be tough. Same for the father. He could have been divorced um, recently, still kind of raw. And his children are not ready for someone else to be with, with their dad. Now, they're he's grown. He can do what he wants. But if you're trying to blend these families, Simone says, I believe it should work like a job interview. You know, it's a good point. So, Simone, you believe that there should be questions answered or asked to both sides of the family 
and then give the answers. Is that what you're saying, Simone? If you've ever watched the show Family or Fiance, they do have kind of an interview-like session when a couple is trying to get married. They bring these families together and they have them spend time doing exercises and they do ask questions. Simone, I think you're on to something. We should make it less strenuous because interviews can cause you to be nervous. You want to make it real, real fun. So create a game out of it. Create something that's fun. If you go in it too hard and too staunched, you might scare them. So don't make it in, 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 interrogative or interrogative. Make it fun. Like put the questions in a, in a fishbowl and have somebody pull them out. Tell me your favorite this, 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 and this. And go around the room. You got you to gotta make it feel game night. Yes, Simone. I think that's probably the best way to start blending your family. And, and as you blend it and then the actual wedding happens, they already have a connection with each other. And it's not so new. But even after that, you got to create a space for important or deep conversations. Because what if, case in point, I was, um, my mom married my stepdad. And at the point, at that point, it was just us three. So I was getting of age to where it was time to have those talks about the birds and the bees. I love Family Feud, Simone. The birds and the bees talk. So it was time for me and my mom to talk about life and procreation and sex and all that. So ideally, I wanted to have that conversation with just her. Listen to me, good blended families of young children. A daughter, a girl, does not want to have a talk about sex with her stepdad unless she cool with him like that. See, me and my stepfather, it took us about six years or so to really get to a, a, a smooth place of blending. And it really wasn't his fault. Because my mother's first husband was sexually abusive to me, I came into the next situation with Dukes up. Like you ain't gonna hurt me, you ain't gonna touch me. So my second, my second stepfather, Grant King, may he rest in peace, would never harm a fly, was one of the greatest men who ever lived to me. But because of the previous trauma in the first marriage, that transferred over. I didn't understand that that was him and it was a whole new man. In my mind, I just thought all men were predators. At least all the one my, my mama brought into the house. I did have my guard up, Simone, because I didn't understand why I wasn't protected in the first place. When that happened to me, Simone, I was not believed. So I was not protected by my parents. So when the next marriage came and, the, and he showed up, oh, it wasn't nothing he could say to me. He bought me combos. He bought me Fig Newtons. And child, and I love thing dudes, and I love combos. See, Mr. Absent says you need to add Simone. <laughs> Simone, Mr. Absent said you got to come in the room. Let me send you. Let me send you the link, Simone. Cause um, you being summoned, Simone. I'm about to send you the link right now. They said bring on, bring on the co-host. Okay, Simone, I just sent you the link. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Abstin. 
I'm gonna bring on Simone. <laughs> Simone said she tried to tell me to let her in. I thought I could rock it by myself, but apparently, Simone, you got fans. You got fans, boo-boo. <laughs> so come on in the room, girl. Okay, so while Simone is getting in here, what was I talking about? When I did not want to have that comp that discussion with my stepdad about the birds and the bees. And mama got me this book with these little boys from little to big with all these different penises. And that was supposed to be my birds and the bees talk. No shade to my mama. She did what she thought she was going to do, but it, I was embarrassed. Okay, here goes Simone. Since you've been summoned, Simone, by my by my wonderful audience here. Hey, hey girl. Hey. Mr. Axel said stop Listen, and let I, the I, I, in keep dropping some nuggets. Mr. Axel, I tried to tell her. She told me to hold it down in the comments. Well, we're here. <laughs> so, Simone, listen to this. So, when I got to the age where it was time to learn about the birds and the bees, my mom, and I love her dearly, bless her heart, she sat us down at the table with my stepdad. Mm -hmm to have that conversation and for me being a girl and for me being new to him i didn't i couldn't do it. i ran away i don't think that that was particularly the right setting that should have been me and her what do you what do you think about that i kind of agree okay I agree because you said you were new to the individual. Mm -hmm. So you really weren't you know him like that. Right. So, yeah, I agree. I was still trying to get to know him. And especially because of the sexual trauma that had happened prior, I definitely didn't want to talk to him about no sex. No birds, no bees, no trees, no rivers, no woods, no nothing. I didn't want to talk about it. Okay? So parents when we're doing this whole discussion with our kids in a blended family, we got to find the right audience. Some stuff should just be you and the child, unless there's a bond between the three of you, mom, daughter, or son, and stepdad, or stepmom, or whatever. You got to you gotta have a, a, a safe spot where the person's not going to be embarrassed. It's a very sensitive conversation that most children kind of like, ooh, what's that? What's that? What's that? I mean, so you, you want to be in a spot where you kind of, me and me and mama. So I felt totally embarrassed her, and I kind of resented her for that, to be honest, but but on the on the side of my stepdad, he just really wanted to get to know me. And looking at it in hindsight, I was just afraid that he would hurt me, like my first stepdad did. Like I, I said in the comments, you have to take I had my guard. So the guard, the gate, the pay. Everything was up. I mean, secure, Pentagon level security. Because I just didn't trust men. And it took like six years for him to prove to me that he would not hurt me, that he was providing for me, that he loved me. And after that six year period, we were okay. Now, I ain't saying he ain't my nerve. He's still a parent. Right. But at least we had an understanding and a mutual respect 
that was strong enough and a bond that was strong enough. And we really got close when I had my daughter. Having my daughter and them having a grandchild, that brought everybody together. Yeah. That helps families blend sometime when new life comes into a home. My daughter brought my biological father and my stepfather in the same room. Nobody can do that but, but Gabby. You got to come in here, Simone. Mr. Absent, this is your number one fan, Simone. He says, <laughs> I actually in certain situations, is okay, male perspective, like a real player can give them some game of what to look out for, from these bad guys. Good point. Good point. I like that because a father is supposed to give his daughter guidance in terms of what a man should treat her like or what he should um, provide for. That's true. And in an ideal situation with that young lady and that stepfather where it were cool, I would say show up. But I was still traumatized that I just didn't want to be in the room with him yet, if that makes any sense, Mr. Absent. Now, later on in life, oh, yeah, I would have sat down with Papa and talked about anything. It took me some time to get to know the real him. And in a normal case, I agree. And that might be the problem why many of us women don't pick the right but guys. You know, we don't looking for the right guys because our fathers haven't had those conversations with us. Right. You still have to heal from what you went through previously. Yeah. I did have to heal from that. And I so, didn't really I was wondering why didn't I like him for six years? Boom. Because I didn't know him. I didn't know that he wouldn't hurt me the way the other person right. did. I didn't know. I had to be convinced that I was safe with him. I had to be convinced that it wouldn't be a repeat. All right. I didn't trust mom's judgment. Her her pickings on men, I was like, uh, uh. So that's how to think. But that's a good point, though, Mr. Afton, because in a traditional family situation or blended one, the father should be the one that says to a young lady, they have father-daughter balls, father-daughter dances, father-daughter outings. Because there should be a, a special bond between a man and his daughter. So yeah, in a, in, a, in a happy world, I agree with you. Unfortunately, with what happened to me, I was still so raw that I really wasn't able to have that conversation with him in the room. So mom, and mom didn't really say much other than read this book, read this book. It's not really a conversation. And I hope parents are listening to this. Have a conversation with your kid. A book is helpful. A, a video, a book, a, an article that can be um, nice to, to guide you. But at the end of the day, you should be talking to your children about the, what they feel and the urges they feel. And people should not be touching you in the wrong spots. And what's a good touch, bad touch. You know who to tell if you get touched. I mean, you gotta talk to your kids. You can't let TV, social media, friends do the teaching. Teachers, I mean, bless their heart. It starts at home. So when you have these blended families, and I'm putting this out to the to the audience, do you have family meetings? How are you guys blending? Do you go on outings? Because in a lot of cases, when a, when 
it's a mother and her kids and then a stepfather. He may come in to where the mama and the kids is tight, thick as thieves. And he wants to be a part of that. And we have to allow him into that. We can't just keep ourselves secluded like it's me and my baby and it's him over there. There has to be some interaction. A blend is this. That's a blend. It can't be just y'all two and him. It's got to be some kind of merge. How is he going to get to know your kid's mother? How is she going to know your kid's father if y'all not talking? Going out to eat, going to the show, going to church. Create a safe I, space conversation. Go ahead, Simone. I agree. Um, but I want to pose a question. What if that mother has her guards up as well? Like Girl. you said, you had your you had your guards up from what you've experienced. What if she had hers as well? So she, now she's she's in the same position as like where me and mine, nobody else. So you mean she got married, but she still have her guard up towards her husband? Mm-hmm. From maybe, you know, like you said, maybe a previous relationship where she's been yeah. abused in some way. Very good question. So if the mother has her guard up, and, and you about to hit on something real, real good here, Simone. She needs to have some discussion one-on-one with her husband. Because if she's guarded, the child won't call it mappy be guarded. They wait one team. One, one, one beat. So now you got them against him. She got her guard up. That's the Go ahead, Simone. I was saying the house divided can't stand. A house divided cannot stand. Come on in here, preacher. Preach that thing here. We got a we got a comment. Mr. Absence says, "Go ahead. Let me get my comment up here. To blend the perfect situation, everybody got to be on board. Number one, all the players got to report to the start line. Everybody got to come in. All hands on deck. All all hands on deck. It can't be just two out of five. It's got to be everybody. Everybody got to come on in here." When I said the house divided cannot stand, that's in scripture, but I'm going to break it down further. If the mama is just me, my children, and I, me, myself, and I, it's no handle. But if she's asking me, myself, and I, me, my children, and I, and like I said, she's already guarded because of maybe something happened in her young years or whatever. So now she, she, she's not open to a man helping her, a man doing anything else. Okay. Where the a house provider can't stand comes in because mm-hmm. you're literally the boss. So if that woman gets married and her guard is still up, and let me say this, I was I've been that woman, come to think of it. Because as a woman, when you have been hurt in other relationships, okay. You've had maybe it's some good ones, but you have where they they just dogged you, and you know you love this man and you marry him, but in the back of your mind, in in the in the back All the way of your mind, is this little thing like, what's your angle? What is he gonna do? I've been that woman. I've been that woman, and if right. that's the case, my child is gonna feel that same guard up. 
and she gonna be like, okay, mom, what we gonna do? At some point, she has to lower that guard because if she your child, your child, yeah. I believe your child is ready to fight with you. So if they know you on defense, they be like, oh, okay, yeah. I got my mama. Absolutely, they I, they gonna have their mama bad, bad or indifferent, baby. What? Yes. It's gonna be up to her. She's she's gotta be the catalyst for change. If her girl is up in her marriage already, that's a spill over to the kids. It's gonna spill over. She has to nip that in the bud for that family to blame. She has to be the, the beginning part of that process if her guard is up we got a problem we got a problem because the kids don't automatically because they know they came they mainly came from you so of course they're going to automatically defend you yes other than the other individual participated in the activity to help them get here but they're going to automatically defend you. Right. Come right. on. Good, bad, or indifferent. But but you make a good point, and so does Mr. Austin, because when if that if that mother has her guard up, everybody in the house, if they're her kids, everybody in the house is going to rock with her. That's never going to change. It's up to mom to set the record straight. Like, this is my husband. You gonna respect them. She gotta respect them first. She gotta respect them. Okay. Okay. That part. So, mama, mama, you gotta respect the father, the husband, and your children will watch how you talk to him, how you treat him, and then they. An example, yeah. Okay, he might be cool. They're gonna follow her lead. Right. So, how is there gonna be a safe space? To fix that, I think yeah, my, I think go ahead, the big thing is, like you said, don't talk bad about them in front of the kids. Let them see how it is for themselves. Yeah. Right. So if there's arguments between mom and stepdad in front of kids or within earshot of kids, and they're hearing it, they're gonna they're gonna be on mom's side. I don't care how wrong mama might be. Their allegiance is to mom. So try not to do those kind of arguments or, or heated conversations in front of the kids because they should see y'all as a united front. If they see y'all always arguing, then they're going to always be on the defense and be like, mama, what's going on? I got your back. But that mama is a big part of that connection of how that house is going to be ran. If she got her guard up and she's not able to open up to her husband, that's a whole different um, problem right there. A whole different problem. And I've been there because coming into my marriage, it was me and Gabby. Okay. And then I had come out of a tumultuous breakup a few years before. So yeah, maybe I was wondering, you know, you know, I probably had my guard up. I didn't keep it up though. I didn't keep it up. I had to eventually let it down as he proved to me that he was, you know, there for me. But 
only yes. problem with that is if 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 he presents uh like for example if your children see a side of him that's more of a disciplinarian then they're gonna be like well dang all he do is fuss at us all he do is holler at us they don't see you know, a we can, he has to be able to show children both sides nurture and discipline do you agree simone yeah i do but like you were saying like you said if you see dad always fussing and yelling like we say actions speak louder than words so if you see right. dad always fussing right that's all you know but it's up to mom to make sure that there is quality time for everyone to bring it together mama has to make sure that happens she has to if she doesn't it's gonna always be a divided house and then what's the point no man wants yeah. to feel like no he's the out the outcast you don't want to feel that not yeah. Not yeah. Not yeah. She called and I reported for duty. Yes, you did. You want to call me when you get home tomorrow? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you for coming on. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Simone got to go her phone now in, Mr. Absent. I do apologize. We got to get her a portable charger for the next show. <laughs> Let's go back to the article. I'm going to wrap this up in about 20 minutes. So according to the article, Best Self, we need to define what is a deep conversation. If we're talking about making a safe space for a deep conversation, what do you think is deep? It says a deep conversation goes beyond the simplicity and niceties of small talk. It's a conversation that peels away the layers to explore who you are, how you feel, think, and want, and what more you want out of life at a more profound and complex level. So it's not surface talk. So how do we create a space in our family for the non-surface, how was your day, how was your day? How do we open up for discussions about maybe relationships? Maybe you have a child who is, in her teens and she's starting to like boys and things are happening or you have a son who has a girlfriend and you want to say don't get pregnant or you want to have just discussions about mental health i mean we don't have a dining room table anymore everybody's on their phones so how do we open up to each other to say we need to talk you probably should maybe go to a neutral place, maybe have dinner um, where you have some kind of privacy and just say, put your phones in a in one spot because I'm telling you, if they keep their phones in their hand, y'all ain't going to talk. We're going to have to put these phones down, ladies and gentlemen, because we're on social media most of the day 
And we're posting so much about these deep conversations, but we're not talking to each other about, and that can go for a marriage too. If you're not having those couple talks, if you're not talking about the deep stuff, it says peeling away the layers to explore who each other is, how you feel, how you think, and what and want, and more profound and complex levels, how you how you think and what you want out of life. If you're not talking about that as in dating, you got the wrong person. And I'll say this when I was dating. <laughs> I talk a lot. I talk a lot. And I love conversation. I love communication. And some men in my life that I was dating here and there was like, you just talk a lot. And they like, I want to get in the bed. I'm like, no, ain't in no bed. I want to talk. I want to get to know you. And not everybody is communicative. Not everybody likes to have the deeper conversations. But that's how you know when you're dating, if a person is worth dating or not. If they're not trying to have a conversation with you and they want to just lay up, you need to know. Uh-uh. Unless that's your MO. If that's your MO and you just want a booty call, then fine. But if you are dating with the purpose of marriage, how are you going to avoid the deep conversations and you're trying to get married? You got to go beyond, what's your name? What's your name? What's your favorite color? What's your color? What's your restaurant? You like chicken? No, I like fish. You got to go deeper. Like, what was your life like as a kid? What are your career goals? What's your credit like? I mean, you got to go deep if you are dating for marriage. Now, once you're in the marriage, okay, are you still having those deep conversations? If you're not, that's probably a problem. You can't do all this good stuff and then get into marriage and then y'all not talking no more as a couple because life can get so busy with work, raising the kids, trying to make the coins, church, uh, family stuff. But when do you as couples, let's bring it into the couples uh, arena. When do you as couples make time to have the deep discussions? Are you doing it before you go to bed, when you're laying down next to each other? If you go to bed at the same time, are you setting aside date nights and sticking to date night no matter what? Are you watching a movie together, just y'all two, and then it can turn into conversation? That's the thing. We get into these marriages and we are assuming it's going to work out, but we got to work this thing. We got to do the things it takes to maintain the excitement, the conversations, the enthusiasm, the love, the passion. I mean, I mean we just get stuck. So how do you open up as a couple? If you walk up to your spouse and you say, let me give you a, a scenario. Let me drink, Lord Jesus. As a woman, and you walk up to your husband and say, we got to talk. He going to be like, oh God. <laughs> so, so you can't do it like that. Because see me, I'm dramatic. I know me. So we got to find a way to say, honey, can we talk? Or honey... How was your day? Start with the small talk and then go into the, the deeper talk. It depends on who you're married to, okay? Everybody's spouse responds to conversation differently. I am a communications major. So, and I was born from two people who got to get the gap. So I, it's in me three times over. But not everybody is a lover of talking. 
Some people might do a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. But if you out here talking to everybody else, but not your spouse, I feel a certain way about you. If you're a social butterfly and you butterflying all over the world, what you ain't bring up behind home to your spouse for a discussion, you're wrong for that. You're wrong for that. There's no way you should be giving more communication to the world than you do to the person that you're married to. We got a problem. Houston, we have identified the problem. But I'm hoping this is stuff that people are talking about before they get married. I find myself going on my singles page and pouring out my heart. Like now that I'm in this, y'all, prepare for this, this, and this. Because I don't know if I really had somebody who really told me how much work marriage really can be. Not in a bad way, but you it's way beyond fiery loins, people. It's way beyond it's better to get married than to burn, people. You are taking two completely different individuals and merging their lives together as one. So all of who she is and all of who he is, the good, the bad, the ugly, and indifferent are coming together. And you got to make this, make some kind of melody. Two different songs. You got you got a rock song and a gospel song coming together and you got to merge rock and roll and gospel and make it make sense. So I don't know if we are talking to our singles about, or even our family that's dating, if we're talking to them about the real deal about marriage, I'm not even sure. I'll go, I'll go on a limb talking about creating safe spaces. Even in the dating period, as a woman, I was so hell bent on marriage. Like we sit down and have our first date. You have two chicken wings and a burners. I'm thinking like, Lord, is this the husband? What clothes are we going to wear? What church are we going to get married in? He just bought me three wings. No, he didn't even buy it. I had to pay for it. Let me be real. The dudes I was talking to ain't had no money. So we just got acquainted on a first name basis. And here I am worried about marriage. So sometimes you can scare a man away by being too serious and talking about marriage too much. You just met. 24 hours ago, maybe we should get to know them a little bit more before you start talking about marriage, but at least start talking about their likes, their hopes, their dreams, ambitions. And then if you get to a point of compatibility and you still kicking, you can ask some more deep topics, like what happened with your ex and what happened with your ex and what are your hangups? Because I don't know if today's married couples spent enough time talking prior to saying I do. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll leave that there. So let's go back to the article. So we have defined what a deep conversation is. Okay. It draws vulnerability, authenticity, and trust into your relationship. When you choose to go deep, the article says, you invite risks, Express who you really are and radically become honest with yourself and your partner. Honey, put a bookmark right there. Is everybody willing to do that? Is everybody willing to sit down with their partner and say, in a vulnerable, authentic way, this is who I am? Mr. Absence says, 
a lot of people don't know how to communicate properly. Man, I don't know if anybody besides me knows how to communicate properly on this planet. No shade to the rest of the galaxy. But I don't, I don't think I don't think the majority of people even know what effective communication even looks like. I don't I don't know. Because I'm obviously going by what I see on Facebook and some of these articles and stuff, we're not talking enough. Or we're not, we're talking at each other and not to each other. Or maybe it's about tone. I got a problem with tone. I, I can admit that. My tone can be off. I'm gonna work on that. Let me let me drink my water. Let me drink some water. So when you communicate and you're trying to make this safe space, I guess the first thing is calm your tone down. Go into it with um a quiet or meekness about your tone. Yeah, Mr. Abstin, you right, you right, you right. Because I know me, I know LHG. If it's a if the subject about children comes up and we having a conversation, I'm already going to come in at very like, hey, 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 hey. So your tone is key. So I guess, first of all, if you're going to create a safe space to talk, you got to get your spirit right. You got to be ready to have the conversation and be open to each other's viewpoint, not cut them off, listen to hear, hold back your opinion, and first just listen. Because I know I do double dutch. Take a breath. I'm going to come in with my part. Hey, hey, hey. I know me. I know LHG. But in a relationship, whether it be a romantic one or not, your spirit got to be right and your mind got to be ready to have this conversation. If it's going to go deep and be like a true heart to heart, you, you got to be ready for that. And if you get too excited or even too passionate that can be misconstrued as anger or animosity. I'm just animated. I, I use voice infliction like crazy because I'm just a theatrical talker. So my tone, it, it can seem like my tone is off, but I'm just being me. Yeah, dramatic me. But I don't want to appear to my spouse or who I'm talking to as being rude. And then they shut down on me. So as a couple, if you're coming to this moment and you say, I want us to have a safe space for this deep conversation, your spirit got to be right and the atmosphere got to be right. For one, depending on what you're talking about, it should just be y'all two. Okay? So you can't have everybody in the room, couples. When you get ready to have these deep conversations, it ain't everybody's business. If it's between you and your spouse about love, intimacy, career, money, whatever, you got to know your audience. It should just be y'all too. If you start letting people privy to your conversations and they're going to have an input. If you got people in the room, yeah, like she said, like he said, and that could be parents. That could be siblings, that could be kids, couples. If it's time to have a heart to heart together, make it with just y'all two and keep it between y'all two. Create this moment of it's just me and you. I want to hear your heart. I'm not going to cut you off. 
I will wait until you tell me to interject, but I want to hear the heart of my spouse. What's going on? How are you feeling? How are you coping with the changes we're going through? What's going on at work? Whatever the situation is, or it can be something as deep as what happened to you as a child? How was your, your life as a kid growing up? You got some couples with people who have dealt with trauma, molestation, rape, bullying. They dealt with so much. The residue of that has landed in the marriage. They're always angry, always paranoid, always don't trust people. Something has happened. So we need to find out from our spouses what's wrong. What happened to you? That's causing you to act like this today. I, I'm missing a piece of the puzzle. So you create an open atmosphere with not a bad tone. It's just y'all two. Maybe you go to dinner. Maybe you stay home and make it comfortable. Cook a meal. Candlelight, however you do it. But it's got to be comfortable for both of y'all. It's got to be a neutral atmosphere where no one is threatened or feels threatened. You can't talk to your mama and take her to your mama's house. We gonna go to mama's house and talk. No, because mama don't want to talk with y'all. It's got to be y'all too. And you got to be brave enough to start the conversation. They may not. Somebody got to open the door because if you don't, this marriage... Whatever it is, marriage, dating, whatever, mother, son, father, whatever. If you don't start the conversation at some point to get through whatever you got to get through, it's not, this is not going to work. You're going to be at odds at each other all the time. So start the conversation, know your audience, work on yourself, work on processing your emotions first. When you go into these conversations, you got to go in there having already dealt with some of your own issues. And you can't go in blaming the other person for what you're saying and what you're dealing with. Don't go in with the finger pointing. Go in owning your part if you did something wrong. Go in owning it. Go in without the guns blazing, without the wrong tone. And maybe your body language should show that you're listening or maybe be in close proximity and lean into them to kind of show you love them, give them a little bit of affection or something. Because it's sometimes your body could be so stiff and stern when you're talking, it could be misconstrued as defense. Like, dang, like, come on, let's talk. Come on, come on. No, no, that ain't, that ain't no. That's combative. That's fighting. So, and I know me, I know me, I'm learning me. Depending on the topic, I'm very passionate about what I have to say. And the body language could be like, I have a very strong mama, not blaming her, but I've, I've only seen in a home a very strong mama and then a dad. Mama ran everything and dad just went along with the program. I ain't saying it's good, bad, or indifferent, but that's what I saw. In most of the situations that I've been exposed to as a kid, in a marriage, it was the woman 
spearheading everything. So that's kind of what I know. So when I get into a marriage and I'm trying to assume that role, it's like pump the brakes. I got this. But because of my trust issues, I'm like, no, I got this. You got to talk. You got to talk about your take on what a marriage is, what each of you role is in your marriage. It's not going to be a cookie cutter. What works for my marriage may not work for yours. It does go back to tone. It does. It does. Tone, your stance, your body language. It goes back to all of that. Your spirit. If you want a good conversation that's effective, you got to bring it down. So if you animated like me, we got to tone that down about two notches. But on the flip side, I want the person to be interested and participate in the conversation. I hate for someone to say, whatever you say, whatever, sure, that's fine. That's not a conversation at all. So both people got to be willing to be vulnerable, to be open, to go where it's kind of uncomfortable and awkward at that moment. But it's worth it to make sure y'all on the same page. It's worthy of the awkward moment to see how y'all both feeling. And maybe if you keep doing it, it won't be so awkward. But you cannot, you ain't going to have a good friendship, marriage or nothing if you ain't communicating properly. Every kind of relationship I know, good one, has to be built on effective communication. Each person gets to talk fully. When they're done, the next person gets to talk fully. Then you can address each other's issues. Keep your tone down. Stop yelling. Don't be too animated. And then maybe recap it at the end and say, well, I'm willing to do this better. Take the onus up on you. I'm willing to do A, B, and C. And then they got to be able to do the same thing. You can't go in it pointing fingers so much. You can talk about this stuff, but if you go in guns blazing, y'all going to be in divorce court. I'm telling you. Whew, I got to wrap this up. We're going to have to have a part two when someone can come back since she got summoned. Since Mr. Absent said, bring in the co-host. But anyway, I didn't, I didn't even get to the other articles. Happy Father's Day to my father, John Jerome Harris. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Those who are stand-up men, taking care of home, taking care of their children, educating their babies and being there for their kids. Hats off to you. Happy Father's Day to you. I hope you get the same energy that the mamas get. I do. We got a comment. If the conversation is one-sided, I feel you should come back and give the other person time to reflect. You know what? I kind of like that because the way I roll is like tonight is the night. Ain't going to be no comeback. But to compromise, if it's one-sided, maybe you can table it and then talk about it for a few minutes, table it, come back with some reflections, and then talk about it some more. That's a very good idea. Because sometimes if you try to put it all in one conversation, it can be somewhat overwhelming. Or if one person took over and the other one didn't get a chance to speak and it's kind of left unresolved, that's a very good perspective, Mr. Abstin. You should come on the show. 
but I got to get out of here. We'll do part two of how to create a safe space for deep conversation. Happy Father's Day. Have a good rest of your weekend. And ladies, on Tuesday, you know what it is. At 8 o'clock, Girl Chat Weekly will be back. So I love you all. Be blessed. Stay safe. Good night.